Welcome to another episode of Not Your Average Feminist, a podcast for feminists of the future. Today we are not your average feminists, but tomorrow we will be. I'm Christina. I'm Sarah. And I'm Amanda. Welcome back, everyone. So this week we are going to do a deep dive into the Women's March and the unifying principles and the new political agenda that the march has rolled out for the upcoming march this Saturday. We want to give everybody a better understanding of what um, what you would be marching for if you are planning on attending, and for those who are not, what all the women who are marching are unifying behind. So let's just get right into it. So I am reading directly from the Women's March Principles page on their website, and they say the Women's March on Washington is a women's-led movement bringing together people of all genders, ages, races, cultures, political affiliations, disabilities, and backgrounds in our nation's capital on January 19th, 2019, to affirm our shared humanity and to pronounce our bold message of resistance and self-determination. So what does that actually mean? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through their values and principles. There are 19 of them. They are all paragraph form, but I'm not going to read out the paragraphs because I care about you. So <laughs> um, what we're going to do is uh, we've paraphrased these a little and uh, just for timing's sake. And then we're going to just dive into the ones that we do want to flesh out a little bit more. So the first is all women's rights are human's rights. That gender justice is racial justice is economic justice, which is to say that women should be free and able to take care of themselves and their families. Freedom from violence, and that includes gun control. Freedom from police brutality and racial profiling. They believe that to dismantle the racial and gender that we need to dismantle the racial and gender inequalities within the criminal justice system. That reproductive freedom, aka abortion, is a right. That gender justice is freedom from gender expectations and norms and should be available to all women. Um, All sexual and gender rights, which is to include access to non-judgmental and comprehensive health care with no exceptions or limitations. Workplace protections for women. Equal pay for equal work. Rights and fair treatment of all caregivers, who, they point out, are mostly women of color. Um, the right to unionize and for a living minimum wage. That civil rights are our birthright. And... Indigenous women should have right to access and develop their ancestral land. Um, There's a, they make a point to emphasize that women with disabilities are women too. Um, Equal, they want to uh, pass an equal rights amendment amendment that goes further than the 14th amendment does now. And then they go into the rights of immigrants, regardless of their status, saying that migration is a human right and that no human being is illegal. 
every person has the right to clean air, water, and public lands, and that you must be anti-war and broadly contempt uh, condemn any industry profiting from war or conflict. So, wow, that was a lot. <clears throat> I'm a little out of breath. Um, <clears throat> guys, let's just jump right in. Which, how, how, how do you feel about the values and principles that underlie this movement? Ooh. Wow, super biased. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> there's a lot there for 19. 19 unifying principles. I feel like they could have whittled all this down into, like, three things. Like, there's a, a lot of it to me is super repetitive, um, mm-hmm. but that's not surprising. How would you simplify this? Oh, women's, women's rights, rights are human's rights. Yeah. Like, I would just say <laughs> women's rights are human's rights. We can literally stop there. Um, but, of course. You ways. could be a woman or identify as a woman, and you should have equal rights. Yes. Boom. <laughs> Done. Done. Okay, I guess this episode's over. <laughs> kidding. I'm kidding. But yeah, I mean, there's a lot here. I mean, it's it's kind of like, you could definitely tell that there were probably like 50 different people writing this. Yeah. Because they all had to, and you know, like you're trying to please like 50 different people. Um, That's why it took like a paragraph to talk about every single one. I cannot <laughs> imagine the nightmare you, yeah, they had to go through piecing this all together. So um, I just want to send a shout out to <laughs> whoever was responsible for Dude, weaving this all together. I We should all send you a bottle of wine. Yeah. This is, that is impressive. This is, this is a lot. Good I on mean, you. Or boxes of wine. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it basically just seems like... <sighs> A very progressive, like, Bernie Sanders-style platform. Like, I feel like, like it goes version. beyond yeah, Bernie Sanders. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, you're probably right. But, like, I'm trying to think of what the right word is. Like, I feel like progressive doesn't quite go far enough. But I don't necessarily want to say socialist. Um, but definitely a hardcore radical progressive's dream platform. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. this is not anything that's like democratic party or like your mainstream liberal this is this is pretty hardcore stuff mm-hmm. um and the underlying i think like message of all this is these are our demands and like those of you who don't get on board with this like there's going to be punishment well it says you know I mean? it says this is what we believe yeah so if they start all of their uh, by the way, all of these principles start with we believe, <clears throat> mm-hmm. insert X, what you believe. Yeah. Um, so, like, w- what happens when you don't believe all of the unifying principles? Do you have to believe all of them? Yeah. Well, I'm just wondering, like, who wouldn't believe that, you know, we should be able to live full and healthy lives without having violence against yeah. us? I mean, that's or not like, just a woman's issue. That's a man's that's issue. A human, that's a human well, that's issue. that's a human issue. Like, it goes back to the whole women's rights or human rights. Yeah. Like, point blank you could just stop there and then it's like who would be against let's see um the right of women to care for their families like that's actually in here right yeah like why is that something that we need to like what does that mean like why is that why is that something that we're all of a sudden putting into a unifying principle like who doesn't believe that yeah but i guess it just goes back to it sounds really harmless on the surface, and then when you ask them or and you start drilling down into some of these things, like what does that actually mean 
for them, I'm guessing they would say the right of a woman to care for her family means, you know, paid time off, like this certain amount of paid time off or like family leave policies or access to free um, universal pre-K, like all these other little things that probably go within that mm-hmm. um, that you just have to be careful for or careful of. Um, I'm, I'm, I mean, I don't know if that's in there, but that's what I'm guessing where they would go with that. It's really, really interesting. So some of the topics that I'm personally, like, interested in besides just, like, feminism is more, like, support for our police officers and a lot of criminal justice reform and things like that. And some of the things that they're advocating is for um, – call for uh, – they're calling to end the arming of police officers with military-grade weapons and using military tactics that are wreaking – or, rec- like, wreaking havoc in communities of col- – can't talk – in communities of color and sovereign tribal lands – I don't understand how that's an issue. Um, I mean, police officers, the line of duty deaths have increased 12% since last year, since 2016. Mm-hmm. So 2017, there was 12% higher line of duty deaths. And police officers that were being shot in the line of duty have increased, I think it was like by, I don't have the statistic on me, but I think it was like... It was 12% for increases and a 13% increase over um, officers who were shot in the line of duty. A lot of these officers that are being shot in the line of duty aren't carrying military-grade weapons. They're being shot on traffic stops. They're being shot because of narratives like this that are arming and, like, basically causing uprises in the streets so people don't trust police officers. Violence against police officers has been through the roof. And then on top of it, they then go into the criminal justice thing. They didn't even back the First Step Act, which the president just signed into law, which is a very good start for criminal justice reform. It's like they want to have everything their way or no way at all, and they're not understanding any other side of the situation. Yeah. It's infuriating. Yeah. Well, one of the things I I think, when, when I'm looking at, the 19 principles when you point out the things like human rights are women's rights and we laugh because we could Mm -hmm. just stop right there or any of the other like uh low hanging fruit that's right there they're like why did we even include this of course nobody should have Mm -hmm. to live in fear of violence from them in you know whatever form um i think it's because you need those there because you take those few ones away and i don't see much else in here that really makes up a women's agenda. Yeah. It's yeah. a progressive agenda otherwise. Yeah. That's a good point. So let's um let's take a step back. When we're looking at this, these these are principles that they've outlined over the last they've had it for at least the last year. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure they rolled this out at the big convention that they had. So if we're looking at moving forward the women's agenda now, um At the time of recording this, they have not posted the policy priorities that they're going to be marching for on Saturday. Um, And I should mention we're recording this a couple weekends. (laughs) A couple weekends out. Um, But what they have done is they've kind of sent some signals into what those policy priority areas are going to be. So they have outlined, a looks like about 10 committees and who doesn't love a good committee 
like I said, whoever has to organize all the chaos. <laughs> I can't even imagine. <laughs> Please give them a raise. Um, so they have a committee on ending violence against women and femmes. Don't know what femmes means. Does anybody else? It's nope. Probably maybe somebody that identifies as a woman. Like trans. Gender. Yeah, maybe. Okay. Um, we have ending state violence is a committee. Reproductive rights and justice. We have racial justice. We have LGBTQIA plus rights. Um, we have immigrant rights, economic justice and workers' rights, civil rights and liberties, disability rights, and then environmental justice. Boom. So apparently there's going to be one to two urgent policy priorities that will be identified by these committees mm-hmm. and rolled out in time for the march. So mm-hmm. um, just reading through the unity principles at first, I think it's kind of easy to see where they're going how that's going to be shaped. Yeah. The direction that they're going in. I'll just be curious to see how they define some of these things. Like, to the Women's March leadership, what does racial justice mean? Like, what does immigrant rights, what do? What does that mean? You know, like, it'll be, I'll be curious to see how they actually flush it out, like, at a on a policy level. It's really easy to march and chant for things like racial justice and immigrant rights and disability rights, but when you're, like, actually putting pen to paper... And talking about policy goals and legislative goals, like, what what do all these things mean to them? I'll be really curious to see. I think their unifying principles give us a few clues. Um, uh, a few clues into that. So um, ending state violence, I think, goes back to probably what Christina was talking mm-hmm. about, like, um, disarming police forces maybe like i don't know i mean a and, lot of and progressives I'm not even sure. do call for that they say that like even the use of pepper spray yeah is... but is that like even a federal policy issue no like, i don't know and that everything would be i mean some like some funding comes from the federal government for mm-hmm. police departments yeah um but a lot of it's grant funded so yeah and so here's another one immigrants rights so i bet um a, a policy agenda we can expect under that umbrella would be um abolishing ice mm-hmm. which the Women's March did participate in a lot of abolish ICE protests this past summer, so I could see that being something that they roll out. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? I mean, it's just, it's really hard because, like, these are such big, broad, vague terms. Like, that's, that's the thing I'll be looking for the most is, like, what does this mean on a granular level to them? I'm, I'm the most interested to see. So if these are going to be policy priorities, one of our biggest criticisms of the movement the Women's March. Which we went over last week. Is that they don't have any goals. Well, I see this as, that's probably a complaint that they've had internally and they've mm-hmm. been trying to work through this. I see this as probably their solution or answer yeah, to that longing. But when I'm looking at, you know, 10 committees who are going to have one to two policy priorities, um, if you have 20 priorities, you have no priorities. Yeah. Right? So... Yeah. I don't know how they're going to be effective in getting... Are they going to separate out, like, specific committees that are going to work on, like, one umbrella issue? Are they going to have, like, a big, massive team of lobbyists? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I mean, this is what you have to do. If are you're they going to focus be, on federal? Yeah, and if you're going to be taken seriously as a political organization that 
actually brings about change, um, then you got to join the big leagues. Like, mm-hmm. where are your headquarters going to be? Are you going to open up a DC office? Are you going to have a lobbying shop? Are you going to, what's your grassroots activism going to look like? Mm-hmm. Are you still going to play in local, state, and federal um, elections? Like, what does this all look like legally? Like, I don't know. I mean, these are all the questions that they need to figure out. Mm-hmm. I don't see them doing that before this Saturday's March. Um, but it, I definitely think that this is the Women's March moving into its, its next phase of mm-hmm. existence. Um, and we'll see. What's interesting, though, is because of how um, outspoken they've been against the president, mm-hmm. the any type of legislative goals and priorities that they're going to come up with aren't going to go anywhere because they're not going to be taken seriously. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, realistically, yeah, like, realistically, they're not, not going to be able to, yeah, they're not going to get anywhere with it. So it's almost like feel good. Let's just put pen to paper and say, yeah. this is going to happen. And, you know, hope that in 2020, you know, maybe we can elect we, enough. Yeah. Like hardcore progressives to like make some of this stuff happen. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, who knows? I, I think the other thing that's interesting is um, when you look at these policy priorities um, and the, the committees that they're forming, underneath is a list of participating organizations and, in, and individuals, and these are the people that are crafting um, these policy um, goals. Um, and if you go through this list, and it's a pretty long list, um there's not a single group or woman that's right of center. And this kind of goes back to what we were talking about last week with our issues with the Women's March Mm -hmm. and and the movement. Um, It's about how it's not, it's really not about women's rights or unifying women um, on a broader scale. It's about pushing a certain policy agenda. Like Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, they're not about women's rights. This is a political group. It always has been from day one. Um, and this just kind of solidifies that even more. Um, yeah, like ACLU, AFL-CIO. Um, Sierra Penn Club. Parenthood. Yeah, Sierra Club. Um, Emily's List is on here. Um, National Organization for Women. Let's see. Um, so, I mean, this, this demonstrates that they have done one thing successfully, and that is build coalitions with existing yeah. uh, liberal groups that are in well- well-established mm-hmm. insider Washington groups. Yeah. Um, so I could see maybe if they partner with these groups, if these are the same people and organizations that are helping them come up with their policy priorities, these are probably already policy priorities that are in the bag for mm-hmm. these same groups. So maybe these are already... It's just weird to me. Like, I keep... I'm looking at this and I just... I, I just keep scratching my head. Like... I know, okay, not to get too off topic, but I know that they are including all these policy areas because of the intense focus right now on intersectionality and the idea that, like, you have to bring all these different interests together in order to, like, lift everybody up Mm -hmm. um, and advance rights and, like, you know, um, women's rights are... Uh, racial whatever rights and I, I, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, this is all about intersectionality at the end of the day. Mm But I I just struggle with, like, how is this going to make a successful, make them a successful organization? Like, when you have, like you were saying, when you have all these different goals, all these different 
policies under one roof. Like, how do you advance anything? If you have 20 goals, you have none. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and really, this reads a lot more like a party platform than a an organization's mission. Mm-hmm. Like, this looks like a, the Democrat, like, a party platform. Like, I don't know how else to put it. Like, this is like a new part. I mean... This is, it, it almost feels like a new political party. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's a statement of beliefs. It's not like an outlined mission and objective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean, with these policy priorities, when they come out, like mm-hmm. their 2019 agenda, it's, it's just, it's, it's hard to look at this and, and tie it back to the original intent of the Women's March from two years ago, which was all about supposedly like, uniting women and marching for women's rights um and i don't know i don't know i mean i guess time will tell but to me it's just there's a lot of separation between what we see today with all these agenda items and the stated goal of the march two years ago right but i don't know i mean like you said maybe this is their way of growing and maturing as a as a movement when i look at this list i see that ending violence against women and fems would be I, I rightfully so it's listed at the top because mm-hmm. i think that is the number one thing that most people can unify behind and there are actual concrete things we can do to to stop enabling abusive partners in whatever relationship mm-hmm. or um to protect women all over from just violence in general um and, and that's where you could build a great broad coalition between not only, you know, law enforcement, but activists on mm-hmm. the left. I, yeah. I see that as a really unifying cause if they can get over their the very next yeah. <laughs> bullet, I was just which saying. is ending state violence, yeah. which um, well, seems I'll, contradictory. Yeah, well, also, like, it's a, it's a broad issue that a lot of people can get behind and, and probably do get behind, like, on the left and the right. Um, but they, if they would just stop there, that would be so much more unifying, but they take it to the next level of like talking about police brutality, which is a very divisive issue right now. And then they take it a step further talking about, um, ending violence against women also includes like, you must be for gun control. And there's a lot of women who don't support gun control, who believe that women arming themselves is a form of, like, self-protection that they have the right to exercise and that they should Mm -hmm. um, if they are capable of doing that. And so, um, you know, talk about ending violence against women is great, but in the next breath when you're talking about uh, a policy issue like gun control, that's where you lose half of your potential audience or half of your potential supporters, which is part of their problem and why people like us feel so alienated from this movement. Mm -hmm. So... What's interesting is the call for, you know, gun control, they're not partnering up with any of the big gun control groups. So not partnering up with, you know, Moms Demand Action or, or Every Town or even like Brady Center yeah, for Yeah, they're, they're not they're, they're partnering there. with Baltimore Ceasefire, which is a Maryland-based anti-gun group that wants basically the Second Amendment to be repealed, like 100%. Really? <laughs> yeah. See, that's the other thing. It's like, instead of just partnering with, like, a, like a lot of these mainstream groups, they go to the far, like, left or, like, yeah. the radical ones. Mm-hmm. 
That's really that's a really interesting point. Yeah. Like, why not just partner with Moms and Man? Probably because moms at least claim publicly that they support the Second Amendment. Yeah. And that's not gonna. And I, I'm I'm guessing that for the organizers of the Women's March, that's not acceptable. Yeah. I also see an organization in here called Moms Rising. Have you heard of them? I've never heard of them. Okay. Yeah, Sounds like a gun group. Too. It could be. I don't know. Um, so what else do we have on this list um, that's worth fleshing out a little bit more? Um, the one to abortion about abortion stood out to me. So they they started with, we believe in re- reproductive freedom. We do not accept any federal, state, or local rollbacks, cuts, or restrictions on our ability to access quality reproductive health care services. And they list them. Um, and then they say, this means open access to safe, legal, and affordable abortion dot 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 mm-hmm. so to me that says not only are we for the, the status quo and for not turning back you know roe v wade but we are for open unfettered access to affordable abortion which to me i read that to mean like subsidized abortion or taxpayer funded abortion mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and no rollbacks cuts or restrictions so what does that mean like Late-term abortion is okay. Partial birth abortion is okay. Like, are there no restrictions that they're going to support? Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's an example of them going way far to the extreme on this issue again. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, if as someone, even if you're like a Democrat female voter and you support a ban on late-term abortion, like, would you be accepted into this? Or would you have to, like, completely roll back any expectations of restrictions at all in order to be part of the Women's March going forward? No, I I don't like how extremist the language they use in this because they, I do not accept any any rollbacks. Mm-hmm. They just want to, or, or cuts or restrictions. So they're not even, in this, this just reads like, they, they know that they're already getting funding from these sources, mm-hmm. some of them public. And they don't even they don't even just say, hey, that's pretty great yeah. that we have that. They're like, F you, can't take it back. It's a it's a right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we're only gonna move forward. I just don't I don't like that mentality. It just reads so Extremist. S- extremist and selfish. And very hard line. Well the funniest thing is they at the last, their like last bullet point is we recognize that to achieve any of the goals outlined within this statement, we must work together to end war and live in peace with our sisters and brothers around the world. Oh, the and irony. then it goes on. <laughs> Ending war means a secession to the direct and indirect aggression caused by war, by the war economy and the concentration of power in the hands of the wealthy elite who use political, social, and economic systems to safeguard and expand their power. So even them trying to use it as like, we just want everything to be peaceful. They then go and trash, you know, wealthy elite, or at least in their mind, you know, people that support any type of war whatsoever yeah. as elite people who use political and social powers to, like, keep themselves in control. Well, it's just funny, too, because it's like, and where I thought you were going with this was um, we were going through this whole litany of, like, unifying principles that unite us all together, but they're so exclusionary. Yeah. And, like, so hardline, hardline and extremist. And then, we get, and then we get to the end, and it's like, but we know we have to work with everyone and be yeah. at peace with everyone in order to make this happen. Like, you just basically slammed half the country and half the voters yeah. 
Um, but now you want to like us all to work together. Yeah. And I mean, not that anyone wants to be at war, but wars historically have been happening since the beginning, the of, beginning time. of time. Yeah. Um, so they're basically slamming any organization that profits off of war. So how do they feel about our vets and our military? I know. Exactly. I mean, they're profiting. profiting. Yeah. There's yeah. nothing in here. There's they're nothing in here about female veterans. No, nothing at all. They do talk briefly or they talk about caregivers and a lot – I mean, since post-9-11, a lot of families have become caregivers for their injured spouse or family member. Where is the the paragraph in here about the woman, like the mom who's raising her kids while her husband is doing his third tour in Afghanistan? Yeah, there's nothing about that. I mean, because war is bad, according to them. And they probably don't recognize that woman. Those women aren't viewed as a – victim they're not a victim group like right like they're not like they're not a victimized like minority group that is worthy of like mention in these unifying principles i'm sorry but like i don't i think that's probably why they're not in here yeah and where are they jumping up and down i mean in tennessee i think and i'd have to find the article but in tennessee there was a obgyn that was removing caregiver benefits from family members of like double and triple amputees. So caregivers were losing benefits based on somebody who'd never seen a double or triple amputee. And they were like, oh, this person doesn't need to get the benefits. Wow. So there's spouses that can't work and they take care of their husband that are losing their benefits from the VA. Where are they outraged over that? Because that affects women. Yeah. That affects everything. I mean. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. I don't know. One of the things, one of the paragraphs just – it's just such a loaded paragraph. Um, it's it's the one on LGBTQIA mm-hmm. um, rights. But buried in the middle here, it's its own sentence. Um, this is right after, you know, we want to uplift and expand protections and rights for all of our gay, lesbian, bi, queer, trans, two-spirit, or gender non-conforming brothers, sisters, and siblings. you got to add that siblings in there for people that are non-gender. <laughs> Conforming. I'm so sorry. I'm laughing. <laughs> um, it's okay. We all are. Oh, I was just thinking like they're family members. <laughs> they, they list brothers, sisters. You may not be a brother or a sister, Christina. No. So you're just. A I wasn't sibling. even thinking that. I'm like I, I wasn't even thinking about. I was it, thinking like, oh yeah, you support your brother or sister. <laughs> it only just now jumped out at me. Um, but um, it's the sentence, and it just goes straight into. This includes access to non-judgmental, comprehensive health care with no exceptions or limitations. And then goes on to say, this includes access to name and gender changes on identity documents, full anti-discrimination protections, access to education, employment, housing, benefits, and an end to police and state violence. But again, with this extremist language, no exceptions or limitations. And all of that says to me is like this could include euthanasia this could include um young like minors going and demanding demanding like, hormone yeah. injections or to change their bodies before yeah. they're 18 like i just this is really controversial this is controversial stuff and and that's very black and white language and it just makes me uncomfortable yeah, yeah. but no it, it's right there in the middle about healthcare. Where yeah, no, it, get, it is... gets it gets scary because like what are you going to do? Force a doctor to perform an operation? Yeah, because that's the other thing. When uh, we talk especially about... a risky mm-hmm. operation. Yeah, that's the thing when we talk about rights. It's like you can say that we have all these rights. 
these groups have all these rights. Um, but the other coin of a right is an obligation. And, like, if you have a right to something, then there is someone out there that has a duty or obligation to provide you with that. Yeah. You know, like, where does it end? If yeah. you have a right to all this stuff, then someone has a right to – someone has an obligation, like, to provide it to you. Yeah. I, the, the way that I look at this is I believe a human right is freedom. Mm-hmm. We all have um, free will. Mm-hmm. And so with that free will, I I put on myself a moral obligation to help others where I can. Mm-hmm. I certainly wouldn't um, expect that same help back from someone because, mm-hmm. I mean, it's life. Yeah. Life isn't fair and not everyone's going to have the resources or the willingness to help you. Yeah. But it's it's when people start demanding that kind mm-hmm. of reciprocation. I mean, just like, be a good person. <clears throat> Send out love. Yeah. Don't. Don't start demanding that people give you everything you want because mm-hmm. that I, I honestly believe that we have so few rights. We have a lot of, um, what, what is it? Like we have a lot of um, privileges. Yeah, living in a first world America. Yeah, we're so much better off than most of the rest of the world and all of the past humans that have ever walked this mm-hmm. planet. So I take it with a grain of salt, but yeah. So all these quote-unquote human rights that we're born with like healthcare, i don't think that really cuts it because if you find yourself lost in a desert you can't demand that yeah. somebody provide you with health yeah. yeah give you an iv to like replenish well, this you goes back to the the long struggle between the right and the left that is always going to exist is you know the those on the those of us on the right believe that our our rights come from nature and the constitution kind of enshrines and and sets up a government entity to protect our rights um, and those rights are defined um, very clearly. The left says, yeah, that's great and all, but like we can add to this list of rights over the years and over time. And that's how healthcare can be a right, even though, you know, whatever. Okay, so we've gone like the right and the left has been fighting over that for a really long time. Um, where was I going with that tangent? I, I guess just my point is like when we say like we have the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. I take that, like, very literal. Like, we have the right to life, as in, like, we have the right to, like, be alive and not be murdered, basically. Um, But I think someone, like, on the left and someone in this, the Women's March organization would say the right to life means the right to live how you want to live and, like, you have the right to, like, do whatever you want and live the life that you want and you can make that definition up, like however you want it to be but then that imposes an obligation on the rest of us to affirm that and like mm-hmm. whether we believe it or not or want to or not like we don't have a choice right uh and it, like with this mindset like we wouldn't have a choice we we would be forced to like affirm your definition of your right to life which is again a big tangent but i think is basically what this whole argument is about yeah it just comes down to money <laughs> this isn't about rights it's about money because like as a society we can come together and say okay we all agree that universal health care should be a priority that our community should rally behind yeah if that's the like, case healthcare then, is great and then we and then and Affordable if, and if that community decides yep we're gonna pass this new law and here's where all the money is going to be siphoned off there will be a new tax levied cool and then it becomes a service that you expect Mm -hmm. because you're paying for it it's just like any other transaction and it just comes down to like what kind of 
what kind of economies you're using, who's paying for it. Yeah. Like, that, that's really what it is, who's paying for it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we live yeah, in Yeah, I mean, that, that takes it from, like, a philosophical level to, like, a practical level. Practical. On the practical mm-hmm. level, it's all about money. Yes, yeah. you're right. On a philosophical level, it's about, like, what is a right and where do they come from and mm-hmm. how do you get to define it? But, yes, when it comes to money, it's, like, at the end of the day, I'm sorry, but, like, Women's March people, how do you want to pay for all this stuff? Because if you're going to, if you're going to, like, make us recognize all these rights, then there's got to be institutions and entities or some safeguards that protect these rights. And mm-hmm. so, like, how are you going to do that? Right. Where is the money coming from? And one last point on healthcare: If you are sick and dying and you walk into a, a hospital, they're not going to turn you away. Right. Like, yeah. They have to provide help to you, yeah. regardless and- if you can pay for it or not. We have that. It does not help with preventative stuff and important medicine that a lot of people need that might not have access to. And, like, that's a real problem that we do need to have discussions with yeah. as as a nation, as a community. But it, to start off a conversation with yelling and demanding that you do that, that you're just going to turn people off. Because people on the right do care about that, and we want to talk about it. But if you start a conversation with... These are demands. You, you hate these people, obviously, or you're mm-hmm. selfish and you're a wealthy elite, yeah. or well, you're part of the patriarchy, you're going to shut down conversation, and then nothing's going to happen. Yeah. Well, it goes back to that one political ad, what was it, 2012, with Paul Ryan kicking an old lady oh, on a yeah. walker off the side of a cliff, something like that. Um, I mean, it's just... It's like, if you don't support our Yeah, it's just so extreme. And you're basically killing people. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean... Like the going back to the healthcare aspect, if you walk into an ER, if you have, if you're in a state of emergency, they are required to treat you. Yeah. Um, and the same thing if, for instance, if you move into a nursing home and you run out of money, a nursing home will not kick you out. They let you live there and they give you the exact same service that, you know, you initially went in for. Um, I mean, there are a lot of safeguards in place to make sure people are getting the care that they need if they don't have the money to take yeah. care of it. Yeah, that's a good point, too. All right. Well, I think that this has been a really good conversation. I, I'm looking forward to seeing what they roll out um, in the next couple of days, the next couple of weeks, and seeing what the Women's March um, organization does after this weekend. Um, I'm sure we'll have a lot more to talk about after the march um, this Saturday that we can rehash next week. Um, but for now, I I think that's it for this episode of Not Your Average Feminist. Yeah. And um, if this has sparked any kind of curiosity in your mind um email us tweet at us we want to hear about it what are your thoughts on these unity principles let us know if you're marching um take selfies and tag us in it and if you disagree then we want to hear that too we we welcome all feedback so find us on facebook find us on twitter um and please 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 rate our podcast on wherever you get your podcast spotify google play or itunes leave us a review send us to your friends um all of the above we'd appreciate it yes yes all right that's it for this episode thanks for joining us and we look forward to next week adios see you bye